The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What is going on? It is the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast coming at you on a Friday morning after the Los Angeles Clippers manhandle the Los Angeles Lakers in what is really an unfair fight. The Clippers won 118-94. to No LeBron for the Lakers. AD only played nine minutes. He got hurt in what we thought was going to be either a sprained ankle or back spasms, and nobody really knows, and everyone thought LeBron was hurt, but all of a sudden now he may be out for something else. Um, a lot to get through. And so it is a pleasure to have an old friend of mine, Harrison Fagan, who used to sit next to me at the historic Titan Gym watching Cal State Fullerton basketball games. And then I believe, Harrison, you went to Detroit as well when... I did not. No, we sent sent my son and uh, our sports editor, uh, Jared Ephraim, to Detroit. I unfortunately did not get to go on that. It was like one, one of the things I most lamented about my college career was that I did not get to head to Detroit for that. What a disappointment when the Titans went... They make March Madness and like I'd been covering the team, you know, when they were less good over the years before and they finally, you know, they break through and Jared gets to go to the tournament just because he quote unquote covered them all year, uh, you know. What a disappointment. But for those of you that have no idea what we're talking about, Cal State Fullerton was the 15 seed. They won the Big West Tournament. I was the broadcaster for the Titans back then. Harrison used to write for the Daily Titan. Um, he has since graduated, and they played against Purdue in Detroit. So they went to the NCAA Tournament. They got shellacked against Purdue. Uh, but nonetheless, it's great to have Harrison on. Lakers beat writer, editor-in-chief for Lakers SB Nation, Silver Screen and Roll. And it is great to have Harrison on to chat Lakers Clippers because we might see these two teams in the first round. There's a lot to get through um, with this matchup, Harrison. Let's first start, obviously, because this is a Clippers podcast. Um, Let's chat about yesterday's game because I think the main thing that I took out of that game was that the Clippers three-point shooting, which we have known all season is for real, now is something that the Lakers have seen up front and center, and they know now it's for real. And it could pose a major problem to the Lakers, whether it's the first round that they meet up or it's the Western Conference Finals. Whenever they do meet up, it seems to me that the one thing I took away from that game was that the, the Clippers three-point shooting is going to be a problem. What do you think? Yeah, no, it's it's actually funny that you mentioned that Titans loss against Purdue in the big in the you know NCAA March Madness tournament because similarly to that game in the game last night, I wrote my recap at halftime. It was uh you know that game was over and the Clippers shooting was a major factor in that. Just like the Lakers, look, the Lakers were not healthy. You mentioned it heading into last night's game. Like that was kind of that was a very weird game for them. And you know I, I don't think that they were maybe rotating as hard defensively as they normally will this season and like how they would in the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, you know, I I was commenting to a friend of mine, you know, in Slack when we were talking during the game and, you know, it's like, did the Lakers just not go over that the Clippers have shooters now or, you know, do they just not care or what's going on here? Because it was just a parade last night and the Clippers, you know, yeah, they, they gave the Lakers a nice up close and personal look at what like how big of a threat that three point shooting can create again, even against this Lakers defense, you know, that it was admittedly probably about half speed last night. 
eight different Clippers hit at least one three yesterday. And that is something that the Clippers, frankly, do. I mean, they do it. Whoever is on the floor, whether it's the starters in Kawhi and PG and Marcus Morris, who everyone does not realize that Marcus Morris is shooting damn near 50% from three during the season. And then you have Reggie Jackson or Pat Beverly, whoever's starting one of those guys can hit spot up threes. And then, of course, you have guys off the bench in Kennard and even Boogie that can hit a three if called upon. So the Clippers are a deep team and they can shoot a bunch of threes. And there's not a ton you can take out of that matchup yesterday because like we've said, and we'll say it a bunch of times, the Lakers weren't full strength. The one thing that's very clear, by the way, is that the Lakers are a really bad team without LeBron James. It's that simple. And they're going to be in big trouble when he decides to call it quits. And it's, it's interesting because I was just thinking when Ethan Noroff, who you know, he hosts the Hoopball Lakers show, he tweeted yesterday that clearly this team is not ready for when LeBron sets. I mean, he just decides to retire. I, I thought the same was the case when Kobe retired and they ended up finding LeBron. So it's very easy to find the next star. But my point is that it just seems like the Lakers have no depth. And the funniest thing is, during the offseason, the pundits are saying, oh, they got Montrez Harrell. They got the guy who's the sixth man of the year. They're going to be in great shape. Oh, they got Marcus Saul. It's I don't think this team is in that great of shape. And I think this team is actually worse than last year. And actually, the Clippers, I believe, are the better team. Do you agree or disagree? So it's funny because last year, until that kind of like final weekend when the Lakers beat the Bucks and the Clippers, you know, essentially the final weekend of the regular season, they lost to the Nets later on. But that was kind of, you know, how we remembered them before the pandemic hiatus. Like until that point, I was pretty sure that the Clippers were a better team than the Lakers. That started to switch after I saw the Lakers really start to round into form that weekend last year. And this year, I mean, certainly the Clippers have had a better regular season and been the better team on balance by far for the majority of this year. I think that I agree with your ultimate conclusion that the Lakers are kind of in trouble right now, but I, I disagree with the reasoning for it. I don't think that it's a lack of depth. I think that it's that the depth that they have is too reliant and too complimentary on the presence of LeBron James. I, I think that, you know, I'm not saying that the Lakers would have won last night if Dennis Schroeder was playing, you know, he's out in the health and safety protocols probably for the remainder of the regular season, but they would have at least had a ball handler. You know, last night's game, the reason it got so out of hand was because the only point guard the Lakers had on their roster was Alex Caruso, who is normally like a fifth option on offense, like an off ball kind of defensive specialist coming off the bench. And they basically were like, yeah, all right, like you're our primary kind of point guard tonight. And that went about as well as you would expect. And their backup point guard, Frank Vogel, was joking before the game about signing reporters. And it turns out that that was not like a good sign for how they felt about their backup point guard depth behind Caruso. You know, it seemed like a big part of their plan was basically, Hey, AD, like go do LeBron things. And that worked, that did not work, you know, shockingly. Um, so I think that the Lakers, they have a lot of guys that are, you know, their depth, so to speak, are not guys that can step up and be like a primary scorer in the wake of LeBron being out of the lineup or in the wake of this team being, just like, you know, they can't survive without LeBron and Dennis Schroeder. Like, this team was just not designed to compete like that. I do think that they're a little deeper than you're giving them credit for. I think that they have a lot of good players. They're just a lot of guys that are more complimentary. And the thing that's 
concerning to me is less about the depth. It's more about two things. It's about the lack of familiarity that that depth has because of how few games they've gotten together because of injuries, uh, you know, to the stars all missing weeks at a time, you know, to bring in Andre Drummond midseason and not really having time to acclimate him. And then, you know, what does that kind of do to Gasol? Is Montrezl Harrell going to be the ultimate, you know, kind of odd man out in the center rotation? They have a lot of questions left. And I think that that lack of continuity, in addition to all of these injuries and absences starting to cascade on top of each other, that's what concerns me more than the lack of depth or lack of talent. It's more, I just don't know, similarly to last year's Clippers team, where they had guys kind of in and out of the lineup. And I think that, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like they kind of admitted this in the offseason that like, hey, we didn't have enough time to gel last year. You know, we just didn't have guys, you know, uh, with Kawhi in and out of the lineup, PG in and out of the lineup. We just didn't have enough time to gel as a unit. And I feel like the Lakers are actually kind of the inverse of that and dealing with a similar problem this year where they haven't had enough time to build that on-court chemistry due to lack of practice time that the whole league is dealing with, um, but then also due to the absence of these stars during these games that are essentially practices for them. Yeah, and it's funny. I didn't mention Schroeder, and that's a good call because Schroeder's really important to what they do. It's funny because you look at the two teams, they're really similar. You have two stars in Kawhi and PG and then AD and LeBron. You have a guy that's a complimentary scoring piece, um, Marcus Morris, Dennis Schroeder. You have a center. One is Drummond. One is Zoo. And I think the difference is, and you're right in terms of the the Lakers obviously have guys in Caruso and Caldwell Pope and Kuzma and Markeith Morris. They have Pete and Mar- Montrez Harrell, Wes Matthews. They have those other guys. The way I see it, and I'm not sure if you agree or not, the pieces just fit a lot better last year. And it's funny because the Clippers, you look at wh- who they had last year And on name value, the team last year, I think, was better. But the pieces fit better this year. And I think that's so important is that the Lakers last year, everyone knew what their role was. The Clippers this year, everyone knows what their role is. I don't think the Lakers have the same intensity defensively that they had last year. Uh, They're good defensively this year, no doubt about it. I think when the playoffs come, though, you look they at that. Might... The number one defense in the league, I believe. Like yeah. it's you know that's how far ahead they were. You know before this recent like struggle stretch where they've right. been like 20th for like two weeks. Like they, they're still number one. Yeah, it's interesting. I think the issue is that you guys now have the problem the Clippers had last year with Montrezl Harrell trying to figure out him, Gasol, and Drummond. Whereas last year the Clippers had to figure out Zoo and Harrell. So you guys have that issue now that you got to deal with. You got the injuries. The Clippers have had a ton of injuries too. I just think the Clippers obviously now are more healthy going into the postseason because you have everybody back basically except for Ibaka at this point. Um, and Ibaka is going to be an important piece. Uh, you, uh, I didn't even mention Ibaka. Because that's like, I mean, sorry, sorry to cut. I know this is your podcast. But no, that's go ahead. The thing that's been most fascinating to me about the Clippers this year is like he's missed what nine weeks with what they've only said is lower back tightness. Yeah, something, something like, something's like wrong with his back. Yeah. People are speculating that like the guy's got strange. a broken back. Yeah, I know it, it's weird. They're like, what what possibly is going on with this guy's back? And he apparently thinks he's coming closer to returning. Um, but I mean, Zoo's going to start. 
I mean, there's no doubt about that. Zoo is the better defensive guy. He just fits better um, with this lineup at the moment. And it's crazy because I, love I still I still can't believe that trade, uh, like even years later. Mike like, Muscala, man. I love that guy. Mike Muscala was all it took to get Zoo. Apparently. Lakers legend Mike Muscala, who I believe hit like seven threes during his entire stretch run with them. Uh, the, stre- the stretch five the Lakers needed, you so, know, and had to give up Zoo for. So bad. So I think my general point is that the Clippers this year are the team the Lakers were last year and that the Lakers this year were the team that the Clippers were last year in terms of a lot of name value guys. They have a lot of injuries going into the postseason. They just have guys that don't seem to fit. Um, You have a center conundrum. It just seems like the two teams have really reversed from where they were last year. I think on its face, I I see what you're getting at. I I somewhat disagree. I I kind of, I understand where you're coming from and I I agree with some of it. I, I think where I disagree is that the difference to me with the Clippers last year was I think that the hierarchies were still a little bit off, like in terms of the guys that had been there, I think, you know, hadn't necessarily accepted, you know, just based on the reporting that's come out about that team, it just seems like they were a little off put by the amount of leeway that Kawhi and PG were getting as the stars. And it seems like, you know, with the exodus of Harold and Lou Williams and like, you know, just Pat Bev, I think is the main guy that's left over from that. It seems like the hierarchies are a little bit more established on the Clippers this year. And Kawhi and PG have now had two years together. And yeah. so, of course, they're a little bit more established in their voices in the locker room, you know, just everyone fits a little bit better. And I think that all of that kind of, you know, up and down the roster that everyone understanding their roles is, I agree with you more established. And I do think that this Clippers team does definitely fit together better than last year's Clippers team. Like no dispute for me on that. The thing that I will push back on as far as the Lakers are concerned is I think that some of this stuff is getting a little bit overblown. If the team can get healthy, if they can't, then none of this matters anyway. Yeah. But in terms of, the only reason I would push back on the Clippers comparison from last year is the Lakers just won a title, whereas last year it felt like kind of, to some degree, both teams. I mean, both teams accused the other one of this, but both teams were kind of acting like they won a title that offseason with their various offseason moves. And we're talking a lot going into the season and yeah. all that. This is our city. We take exception to this thing that they said, you know, both teams were doing that. And look, if the Clippers had won the title last year, it would have been, you know, someone on their team writing a book about the bubble and saying that they got annoyed with how Jared Dudley talked about them or something like that. You know, it's like the winners get to talk a little bit more. And the, the only reason that I, I think that this Lakers team is a little bit different is just that, LeBron and AD, like no one is disputing that they are the top dogs in the locker room. No one is going to fight against their role ultimately, I think, when the playoffs roll around because Frank Vogel has really given everyone a chance to have kind of their opportunity to make their case for a role in the rotation this year. And we saw this last year. Like, this is why it always cracks me up that Lakers fans are getting so worked up about his rotations and all this stuff during the year. You know, you guys are getting the experience of uh, a little bit, honestly, an early look at playoff Rondo, it seems like. Yes. And but last year, Rondo during the regular season was an actively bad player. Like he was he was detrimental to the Lakers chances to win on a night to night basis outside of a couple good games. But he continued to get experience. Frank Vogel continued to believe in him, continued to give him opportunities. Same thing with KCP, who went through his massive ups and downs. You know, all these guys that people complain like, oh, why isn't X playing over Y, stuff like that. 
that made a difference during the playoffs because all of a sudden, you know, during the Rocket series, Frank Vogel could just throw Markeith Morris into the starting lineup. And he had had experience with what he looked like alongside these various groupings. And he had gotten minutes that year and was ready to go. And so they almost treat these regular season games like a long extended preseason. And during an injury riddled year, that has not worked out as well for them as it did last year. Um, And but I think that in terms of the role stuff that you're talking about, the center thing and all of that, like, I think all of these guys, you know, have gotten a real chance to prove their worth. And I think that, you know, based on what Frank Vogel did last year, he's not going to have any problem benching Montrez Harrell if he is not a matchup fit for a series. Same thing with Andre Drummond. Same thing. He's already shown that he's willing to bench Marcus All in order to get a longer look at Andre Drummond and to keep Trez engaged and all of that stuff. But like, let, let's just say that the Lakers are playing, you know, the Clippers in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, Trez is not going to play during minutes when Zoo is out there. Well, even he got abused even by Cousins yesterday. I mean, so even... That's what I mean. Like, during during minutes where where the Clippers are playing big, I honestly don't think that Trez is going to play unless they feel like a healthy AD is enough to guard those guys and they can kind of cross-match and do that kind of thing. But unless they feel like it's giving them an advantage, I have... I have a decent amount of faith that Frank Vogel is going to play the guys that make the most sense and going to bet like JaVale McGee started every single game that he played for the Lakers last year and was a glorified, you know, like a cheerleader for most of the playoffs. And like Vogel is going to play all of these guys during the regular season. And I, I'm pretty sure that he is going to, it's assembling a sample size so that he can pull these levers when the postseason comes around. The issue is, is that they may not be healthy enough for any of this to matter. Well, and that's, that's the difference that we did not bring up is that Doc Rivers was the coach last year and Frank Vogel is the coach this year. And that is a massive yeah. difference in that Doc Rivers does not adjust. Frank Vogel does adjust. So absolutely. I'm saying right now, when you look at the teams, the, the two compare, that's how I, how I compare them is just going into the playoffs. It's very similar. And the one thing you did bring up about how both teams feel like they won the offseason um, going into last year. And I've said on this show numerous times. So anybody that's a Laker fans listening, and I'm assuming at Lakers and Clippers, people listening to this, I've said on this podcast all season, and especially in the last couple months, the Clippers have been treated or they've been treating themselves as if they deserve the respect of a title contender when they never have been to the Western conference finals. So they never deserve that respect even though they thought they did. So it's interesting because this year you have national media types that have paid no attention to the Clippers. I mean, you have guys that are from even the ringer and Kevin O'Connor that watches a lot of basketball. And he says that Daniel Oturu is now entering the rotation for the Clippers. That's just false. And so you're clearly not watching. And then you have ESPN that's posting the core for the Clippers and includes Boogie Cousins. And it, it doesn't include <laughs> Zoo. I, I think that was more – wasn't that a TV graphic? That feels like more TV people like, oh, this is a name I recognize. It, it was it's six guys. And it's like, what are you doing? And, and so that's the thing is that the national media this year, I've said in the last couple of weeks, have actually underrated the Clippers because they're now realizing, oh, shit, this team can actually shoot the three. Oh, wow, the Zoo is really good. Oh, wow, PG and Kawhi, PG can shoot the three. Like, sure, we'll see what happens to PG when he ends up going to the postseason where he struggled. But this team, I think, has a lot of optimism going into the playoffs, whereas last year it was more name value, and they don't have, they didn't have the coach last year, uh, or they, yeah, they didn't have the coach last year that could adjust while they do this year. Both teams do, Vogel and Ty Lue. I mean, Ty Lue, in the beginning of the season, he played Pat Bev, or rather, he played Reggie Jackson, alongside Lou Williams and Luke Kennard. And 
for it was a 10 game sample size. They were awful. And he went on to bench Reggie Jackson after that. And then, of course, Reggie Jackson came in the lineup when Pat Bev got hurt. So both coaches have shown that they're willing to adjust. It's it's an interesting comparison. When you look at these two teams, and actually, you know what? First, let's talk about our friends over at MyBookie. Ever since I started this podcast, people always ask me for betting tips. I always get asked, who you got? Is it the Lakers or the Clippers? Is it the NFL? Who, who are you rooting for? Who are you taking? Is it Moneyline? Is it spread? Premier League? NHL, the playoffs around the corner in the NHL, the playoffs around the corner in the NBA, my bookie is a place that you want to bet. They're the only place that I trust to handle all my bets in any sports, college football, NFL, hockey, Premier League, college basketball. They also have contests that they run. They have free bets for you. They want you to win, and they want you to also play casino games, whether it's blackjack, whatever you want to do, they have you covered mybookie.ag it's simple sign up enter the promo code hoopball get your deposit match halfway up to a thousand bucks head over to mybookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet bet with the best bet with my bookie speaking of bets harrison if you had to place a bet right now where do you think the lakers end up when it comes to seeding because i think right now we know the clippers are fighting with denver for that three four side and then you look at the lakers and they're really in the mix for one of five, six, or seven, and they're in danger of winning the playing game. They play Portland tonight in what is going to be a very difficult game if AD and LeBron both do not play, and both, I'm assuming, are not expected to play. Uh, well, it, it, LeBron will not play, right. and Taylor Horton Tucker is out again. Dennis Schroeder still out, obviously. AD said last night that he was feeling better and was expecting to play in t- tonight's game by the okay. time this comes out. That said... You know, whether they win or lose against the Blazers tonight, at this point, I'm kind of expecting them to end up in this play-in thing. It just really seems like it's heading that way. And the Blazers are hot right now. The Lakers on the second night of a back-to-back after how they played last night. I mean, I guess you could say they got some rest. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm not feeling great about their chances in this Blazers game. And so I'm, I'm... at this point, I've kind of, you know, we did our podcast last night and we were just talking about it like they're a playing team now. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's where they're headed because they very clearly are not incredibly motivated to avoid the playing game or at least not at the expense of their health. Like they are not treating this like it's do or die. They're still seem to be very much of the mindset of health matters more than seeding. And, you know, look, to some degree, I agree with them. If you can't beat, you know, the like if they end up as a seventh seed, if you can't beat the 10th seed once in two opportunities, then you're not going to win the title anyway. So yeah. who cares? And so I, I think that and look like there are some potential advantages of even dropping down to the play in game. Like the Lakers are probably less scared of the Suns than they are of like, let's say the Clippers, like I would rather play the Suns than the Clippers early on in the playoffs. And so maybe they've resigned themselves to that makes more sense for them. I don't know. Uh, So like, I think that I am sort of treating them as a play in team until they prove it to me otherwise. Interesting. And I really do think that the closer we get to the end of the season, I am of the belief that the Clippers and Lakers want nothing to do with each other. um, I agree with that in the first round. And so I'm of the belief that the Clippers will win a game if they need to win. They will lose a game if they need to lose to avoid the Lakers. And the same goes for the Lakers because uh, these two teams would prefer to face each other later on. I don't think either team wants to face each other in general. Um, I think yeah. they, they're they more confident that they can beat a team, like you said, like the Suns um, and the Nuggets. And so I, I just don't think that they want to deal with each other. So it'll be interesting because the last thing I want to see, let's be honest, is Clippers-Lakers first round. 
and I, I'm assuming you agree with me. It's just, uh, it, I don't know. I don't like it. It just feels dirty. It, it feels so. It, I would like to see it just from the sense of like I, I think that it would be an awesome series. Oh, for uh, sure. I, that the Lakers and Clippers should both not want that because to me those are still the t- best two teams in the West as far as contenders. Like I know that they've obviously had up and down regular seasons, but if both of them can get, you know, somewhat close to healthy, because at this point, who knows with Ibaka, who knows what percentage LeBron's going to get to, who knows where AD is going to exactly be at all that stuff. But like, if they're reasonably approximating health, you know, these are the two teams. I, I think that the rest of the West should probably be the most scared of. And, you know, I know that that probably sounds crazy to Clippers fans who just watched last night's game and who are seeing the Lakers on the precipice of the play in. But, you know, LeBron has made an entire career of making everyone who rules him out look dumb. And so at this point, like I'm not ruling him out, like amputating his ankle and like playing on a prosthetic foot for the playoffs or something like that, just to like top Jordan or whatever, you know, like he, you know, Michael Jordan never won a play-in game, so maybe this is what LeBron wants to prove that he can do for his legacy. He can, like, hold that stat up, uh, you know, when all these debates are said and done. And, like, look, it, I, I'm not – as someone, you know, who covers the Lakers, whatever, you know, I, I don't think that they're afraid of Utah. Like, I don't think that LeBron would have made the comments he did about Utah during that All-Star draft, like, if he was even somewhat worried about giving them bulletin board material, like – until Rudy Gobert proves that he is not Anthony Davis's like legally adopted son, um, like I'm not incredibly worried about that series. I think the Suns are honestly would be slightly more concerning to me from the Lakers' perspective, but I still feel like they have kind of big bodies that can make that work. I feel like they have defenders that can make CP3, you know, they can really make his life a nightmare for a while. You know, Devin Booker's a guy that worries you a little bit, but, um, you know, I I would be more confident in the Lakers against those teams than I would against a team like the Clippers who has multiple big wings. The Lakers have struggled with wing defense this year. Who knows where LeBron's going to be at defensively? Same with AD. Like, you know, I, I just, I have more confidence in the Lakers beating basically any other team in the West than I do in them beating the Clippers. I think they could beat the Clippers but I do not blame both of these teams for wanting to avoid each other from the Clippers perspective. I, you can, you know, you can weigh in on this, but I see it more as like, why would you want to play the Lakers when like the downside is so huge? Like if you lose to the Lakers after the year that you had the last year, like, you know, Paul George's reputation is never going to recover. Right? No, he's gone. I mean, if they lose in the first round of the Lakers, it's Paul George is most likely gone. Um, and it's, I mean, it's either that or Kawhi doesn't resign. Kawhi so, leaves, yeah. yeah. He's, the, he's the free, that, that's crazy that he's a free agent this summer. Like, It's terrifying. It's it's really yeah. terrifying. It's And I thought about it last year, whereas if you lose PG and Kawhi, when I thought it was this was last year before PG resigned, that you end up giving up all those picks, you end up giving up Gallo, and more importantly, SGA, and you get nothing. And so this year really is the year the Clippers need to win the title. It's, I think that right now, you look at the Western Conference, I think the Clippers, when they're healthy, and Lakers can say the same thing, when the Clippers are healthy, I think they are the best team in the Western Conference. Now, right now, they're not fully healthy because they don't have Ibaka. Not even close. Yeah, and and the Lakers aren't fully healthy. So you look at Utah, and listen, Utah is a team that doesn't have Donovan Mitchell right now, and Mike Conley isn't playing in some games. So it's the Suns, and it's CP3 who... God bless him, but the guy can't win a title. And so you put, put CP3 alongside Devin Booker, and Ayton's a di- is a nice player. Bridges is solid, but the Clippers, I think, are still a better team when it comes to the postseason. But still, it's it's terrifying to see the Clippers and Lakers yeah. as a possible matchup because I want nothing to do with the Lakers. I don't want to lose to the Lakers in the first round. 
I'm I'm still scared of LeBron. LeBron had Matthew Dellavedova and still won the NBA title. So it, it, <laughs> it really does not matter who that guy has with him. He is a freak of nature. The fact that he is hurt is something that is just mind-boggling because he is just a machine who doesn't get hurt. So the fact that he is hurt right now, and who knows if he is hurt considering that last night Frank Vogel said after the game that he, he he's not out because of injury purposes. Um, so, what the hell was that? So he was not – Frank Vogel was answering a question about where LeBron was. He said that he was not at the game, not because of injury purposes, basically was what he said. But then Dave McMenamin of ESPN reported later that night that the Lakers just excused him from going to these to stay off of his ankle, which, again, like feels strange to me considering that – you know, they're saying that he's going to, you know, the reports are that he's going to try and play an NBA basketball game next week, but they're saying like he can go to practice yesterday, but like can't sit on the bench at games to stay off of his ankle. I, I don't, I, that seems strange to me, but I guess given how much LeBron gets up to cheer and whatever for his teammates, maybe he's like, they just don't want him like jumping up off the bench or something like I, I have no idea. That was very strange, but it, he was, he is out because of his ankle right now. Like he is okay. out. He just wasn't at the game because Frank Vogel, I guess, claimed because of a medical issue, although the reports are that that's what it is. I, I don't know. It's a, it, it's strange, but it's not like, considering that it's LeBron and everything is a story with him, yeah. I'm not like that concerned about it. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't think we've seen a playoffs like this in a little while. I mean, it's obviously very different from the bubble, whereas you have these teams that all have injuries coming in, whether it's Utah, the Clippers, the Lakers. So we, we really don't know who's going to be healthy. So we can speculate all we want right now, but until we see the playoffs in a week or two, then it's, I mean, it's all a new point. We have no idea what's actually going to happen. I, I want to bring up Rondo because we briefly mentioned him earlier. Um, yes. And you have been on the top of the Rondo mountain. I, I initially, for everyone that's listening to this podcast, um, they know that I was not happy initially with the Rondo signing, but I very quickly, after a very calm conversation with Adam Osland, who does the pre and post and halftime for Clippers radio, I, I came to the side where Rondo makes a lot of sense. And I was on the side last year where the Clippers need a point guard. But after listening to a lot of the guys that cover this team more in intensely than I do, and all the guys who write blogs who said, you know what, the Clippers don't need a point guard. Look how bad Rondo has been. I got brainwashed. But I, I quickly got brainwashed back to where Rondo yes. makes a lot of sense for this team because he still is, quote-unquote, playoff Rondo. He's still a guy that's great to have on the floor. The Clippers had two 3-1 leads. They blew one of them. If they had a guy in a floor general like Rondo, I don't think they lose that series to Denver. You have been at the top of the mountain, though, praising Rondo. It, tell me why. Yeah, so I would say if I'm not like the first, like, like the like if I'm not the pope of the church of playoff Rondo, like I think that's Michael Pina of like, you know, Sports Illustrated now who has long been leading the charge for the playoff Rondo and was one of the ones that was like, you know, I wasn't believing last year when Rondo was really bad. I'm like, okay, yeah, I understand that he was good in the playoffs years ago, but like he's been bad for two years. Like, are we sure he could turn it on again? And, you know, like playoff Rondo is... Like it's not, you know, it's it, it's a movement. It's it's doesn't it defies the laws of physics, the laws of nature, the laws of expectations. You know, he is a revolution unto himself. And you know, the Clippers, I think, are getting a little bit of a taste of it because you know, I think he felt like he had to turn it on a little bit earlier for this team and really kind of 
show that he belongs more so than maybe he felt like he had to with the Lakers where he was being recruited in there by those guys and, you know, maybe didn't feel like he had to go us all out during the off season, the, the regular season because they knew what he could bring in the postseason. Whereas this year, you know, you trade a beloved locker room presence and Lou Williams, you or at least beloved among Clippers fans. And maybe he felt a little bit more predisposed, like he needed to prove himself earlier. Um, and, you know, honestly, he got a lot of rest time with the Hawks. So that was really nice of them to, like, sign him to a huge deal and then kind of just let him chill for, like, the first half of the season, get a real off season, and then kind of, you know, ramp back up for a playoff team. You know, Rondo was, like, he was literally, like, historically good for the Lakers last year. I think he had, like, more assists off the bench than anyone's ever had in the playoffs. Or it was some crazy stat like that. You know, he's... He's really good, and he's still good when it matters. I, I think that a lot of the things that he does are—I know that this is a cliche in basketball at times, but he really does have a basketball supercomputer brain where he does things that are weird that no one else would think of. He outthinks his opponents. He is like an amazing defensive communicator and still a decent defender when he actually locks in. But in terms of like—like like he'll be calling out opponent sets— before they even necessarily are calling them out. Like he watches, like he he basically injects film into his veins. And, you know, he is like, he is a real difference maker, I think for this Clippers team. And one of the reasons why, as soon as they made the trade for him, I was like, okay, they're serious. Like this is, this is now a real threat more so than they were before, just because he is a guy that, like you said, like if a lead is starting to evaporate down the stretch, like Rondo is going to find the guys that need shots. He's going to calm everyone down. He's going to say the right thing in the huddle. You know, he is a co literally a head coach on the floor and a, just a brilliant, brilliant basketball mind who is going to make a difference for this team. I do feel like, I, again, I'm not sure they'll win the title, but it's not going to be because like Rondo let them down. It's funny because everyone in Clippers Nation, when the trade was made, was saying, oh, great. Now Rondo's going to play more minutes than Terrence Mann. And listen. I remember I was I was texting my Clippers friends. I was like, no, yeah. no, no. He, I think I texted you too. I'm like, he's going to be fine. Just wait. Just yeah. wait. Yeah. And, and listen, Terrence Mann is a good player. There's no doubt about that. But what Rondo brings and what he's going to bring in the postseason is just so much more important. I, I get that you may say, oh, Mann's probably a better player than Rondo. That doesn't matter because going back to what I was saying earlier about the Lakers and how last year it just seemed like everybody fit a certain role on that team. I think Rondo's going to need to sit, fit a per, uh, role on this team. And you mentioned it when the lead is evaporating. Rondo is a guy that is like a head coach on the floor where you don't need to call a timeout. When everybody's butts are getting tight, he's a guy that's saying, all right, who cares? Like, I, I got this. We're fine. So He is a stabilizing force unto himself yeah. and a guy with so much confidence and cachet that like he can call out LeBron James. Like he was one of the few guys that could call out LeBron. You you saw him do it in Chicago. He called out Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler to protect the young guys when he thought that, uh, you know, D Wade and Jimmy Butler were the problem. You know, he is a guy that is not afraid to speak his mind. He's really, really smart. And I, I think, you know, he's just a guy that like you can trust on the floor in those situations and makes a huge difference in like in the film room and with all of that stuff. Like he's, he's, a locker room culture, like culture setter unto himself. And he's not a guy that needs to play 30 minutes. I mean, this is no. just someone that you, he played 17 last night and that should be his money spot between 15 and 20 minutes. Probably in the postseason is where you're going to want him. When you have a guy in the second quarter in Rondo that can come on the floor and not let teams benches just go over and run over you. That's important. And so if Rondo's able to lead the charge in the second unit and get guys good looks 
and get guys like Marcus Morris in open three or find a guy underneath like Zoo or have the chemistry. Or Cousin. I was going to say, have the chemistry with a guy like Boogie. It's just so important. And Boogie, listen, he may not even play if Ibaka's healthy, but there's just so many different options that the Clippers have. And Rondo was one of those. And he had. Yeah, and. Go ahead. Just to add on Rondo, two more things. Like, one thing, you know, he already has some built in chemistry with this Clippers team, you know, in terms of, you know, he's played on three different teams with Boogie now. And, you know, people probably forget this, but like, he actually had amazing chemistry with Avica Zubats going back to their time on the Lakers together. That game, everyone forgets this now because of obviously how that season went. But in that game on Christmas Day, when LeBron tore tore his groin and was out for the longest period of time he's ever missed until this year with the ankle sprain like zoo and rondo running the pick and roll allowed them to close out that game and beat the warriors without lebron after he went down like they have great chemistry together they've been practicing and playing together for a long time rondo was a guy that was arguing for zoo to play over javel mcgee like rondo is a guy who is going to call out guys who feel like they should have a certain role and make sure that they're fine with being demoted if a better player is playing over them and the other thing is he gets a lot of leeway in the playoffs by by virtue of his like kind of veteran you know uh, status and h- how many playoff games he's played you know you can go back to that nugget series that the lakers played against them there was a game i believe the lakers ended up losing but they almost came back because rondo just basically decided to foul jamal murray every single possession and you know see if the refs would call it and they they didn't call everyone and he just gets a lot of leeway to be really physical like that on defense and stuff like that you know, it doesn't show up in the numbers, but it does make a difference in these playoff situations. Yeah, and five assists last night in 17 minutes. I mean, you look at PG and Kawhi, those are the two guys that had six and six for Kawhi, five per PG. I mean, he just is the ability to pass the basketball. And listen, the Clippers won that game yesterday by 24, and they did so despite turning the basketball over 22 times. I mean, that is wild because the turnover differential was 22 to 10. Normally when that happens, you're going to lose a game. But the Clippers were just so much better, and that's because they had 23 assists, and they did so on 41 made baskets. I mean, and because the Lakers just could not buy a basket yeah. whatsoever with the uh, with the lack of playmakers that they had yeah. on the floor. You yeah. could give the ball up is like the the Clippers could have spent the whole second half and basically did just passing to the Lakers. Like if the Lakers can't score, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no doubt. And so I'm looking forward to what Rondo can uh, can bring to this team. And you know what else I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to our listeners learning more about Manscaped. It, listen, if you are not <laughs> taking care of your hair down low, you, you need to be. Manscaped is the place. Hoopball20 is the promo code that you can use at manscaped.com. 20% off and free international shipping. Hoopball20 is the code at manscaped.com. They have so many different things that you can use. I'm telling you, Harrison, they've got the lawnmower 3.0. That is the big trimmer that you can use. Download to protect those family jewels. And, and if that's not for you, and you know what? You just had nose hair, maybe some ear hair. They've got stuff there that you can use. It's unbelievable what the options are that a place like Manscaped provides. They've got that ultimate men men's hygiene's bundle it's got the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer they've got the perfect package that includes that it includes the lawnmower 3.0 includes the crop preserver ball deodorant and the crop reviver ball toner i'm telling you man if you haven't gotten involved with manscaped you need to harrison no, I'm, I will. I will tell you. I have received that care package, and uh, it is it is as great as you said. I will say, my my wife is a fan. Oh, there you go. Twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Hoopball twenty 
at manscaped.com. All right, let's close out with this. Um, We discussed, obviously, what Rondo will bring to the team. We discussed last night. What do we think a Clippers-Lakers playoffs would look like? Because there will be the high probability that these two teams will face off. And the Clippers have done well against the Lakers in the last several regular seasons. Playoffs, obviously, are a different ball game. When you look at these two teams, who do you think has the edge? Because you've got the Clippers with their three-point shooting. You've got Zoo, who I believe is a better center than Andre Drummond. Kawhi and PG versus LeBron and AD, and that's given that they're healthy, is a really good matchup. But you give the edge most likely to LeBron and AD just because it's LeBron. But the supporting cast, Kuzma, Caldwell Pope, we look at Marcus Morris, and what a guy maybe like Batum, Reggie Jackson, Pat Beverly. I think the Clippers are the better team. And in the playoffs, I think that would show in a seven-game series, but it still terrifies me that you need to win four games against LeBron James. What do you think? So I think that right now you have to give the edge to the Clippers just because they are healthier than the Lakers and they have had a better season than the Lakers. But that said, if the Lakers can get healthy, like if this whole LeBron thing is like, let me just get a couple more games so that I can really activate playoff mode. And, you know, we got to see what he looks like when the playoffs actually start before truly prognosticating this because – if LeBron can get back and if AD starts to really get his legs under him, then I still have the Lakers. Like, I think that Frank Vogel is going to pull the right levers with the rotation. I think that, you know, if Zoo's giving them problems, then Marcus Gasol will play, you know? And if, you know, DeMarcus Cousins is giving them problems, then maybe Drummond's coming off the bench instead of Harold. Like, I think that the Lakers have more answers to what the Clippers do than they showed last night. And then they have showed generally in the regular season because, you know, yeah, the Clippers swept them this year. Like no, no doubt about it. But the first game was on ring night. You know, that was a weird night for the Lakers in general, just emotionally, you know, you come off this high and then you actually have to like play a basketball game. Uh, The second one was, I believe without LeBron and AD, And then this third one was, you know, without LeBron on a weird night where there's like no Dennis Schroeder, all this stuff. Like, I don't know that any of these regular season games really tell us very much about this matchup, which makes it uniquely weird to predict a playoff series. If the Lakers are still healthy, I have the Lakers because number one defense in the league. I think that they, I trust their coaching staff to come up with game plan options to limit the threes, to really try and pressure Kawhi and PG into turnovers, get the Lakers out on the break. But that said... I am increasingly pessimistic that we are going to see a healthy Lakers team this year, which is why I think at this point you have to say the Clippers. But that, like, if the Lakers get healthy, I still have them. But I, I just, I'm not sure that I see it this year. Yeah, it's interesting because we've heard all along with the Clippers when they're healthy, they're the best team in the NBA. It's like, yeah, but the, the Clippers weren't healthy last year and they haven't been healthy this year. So it's, you can say a lot of ifs. And they are, generally, I'm not trying to, like, you know, poo-poo the Clippers. Like, they're yeah. better than they were last year. Like, oh, no for doubt sure. about it. They're for more sure. of a threat, I think, to the Lakers, even than they were last season when they did pretty well against them. Yeah. But I just, I have a lot of faith in this coaching staff and in LeBron and AD and in the surrounding talent if they are healthy. I just, I, I'm not really sure that's going to happen at this point. Yeah, and unsurprisingly, I think the Clippers just have the edge this year. But that being said, it does terrify me that the Clippers are going to get into a playoff series with a team that's going to defend the three well, and the Clippers are going to struggle to get good looks because they got every open look they wanted yesterday. I find that there's going to be a time in the playoffs where the Clippers are going to miss their threes, and they're going to have to get a bucket 
from within 10 feet. And they have the ability to do it, but it hasn't happened enough this season. So my, that's my biggest worry. But they do a great job of getting to the paint and kicking to an open shooter. And that's the reason why they have so many open looks, because they break down defenses. So it's going to be interesting to see um, if these two teams met, meet up and if they do what the matchup looks like. Because And the Lakers, to their credit, they have great rim protectors. Yeah. Again, you know, if they can kind of find these rotations and AD starts to find himself, you know, between AD, Mark Gasol, like even Andre Drummond has his moments, although I have more faith in Gasol as like an overall rim protector defensive option, despite, you know, he looks a little slow at times, but he sort of like Zoo. Like Zoo doesn't always look like the fastest guy, but he's yeah. fast and quick for his size. He's got good hands, gets his arms up, you know, all that stuff. Gasol is obviously a lot older than Zoo, but it's funny. I remember talking to Zoo and he he talked about how Marcus Gasol was like one of his idols and stuff. And it's mm. like kind of crazy to see, you know, in a lot of ways, like that, that would be, that would be a fascinating matchup if the playoffs were to roll around. But I, I do have faith in the Lakers ability to kind of cut off the water in the paint. And then at that point, it does come down to are the Clippers hitting their threes or not. And as we, you know, as we've seen playoff after playoff after playoff, you know, that can rise and fall. Yeah. Yeah. No, listen, it's shot making is something that can disappear, but the Clippers generate so many good open looks and have so many guys that shoot well from yeah. three that it, it'll certainly be interesting. Um, no, they're good. I, I'm I'm actually shocked that they are, have not gotten talked about more. I think yeah. it's just because of the play, like how spectacular the failure was in the playoffs last year. Yep. You know, but like with Rondo, with the amount of continuity they've been able to have this regular season, now that PG appears to be rounding into form after like, there was that weird stretch earlier in the year where it's like, oh, is he going to have to like, miss a decent chunk of time with this yeah. foot thing like you know that was that was strange but you know he really appears to have rounded into form and you know Kawhi is still a terrifying cyborg you know and like they they're really good you know they're they're really really good this year yeah no doubt about it it's a really strong team and uh one that I'm looking forward to seeing like I would pick them genuinely over any team of above them in the west in a series like it's I just have a lot of faith in like the people there I think Ty Lue's a really good coach I agree with yeah. you and uh much better coach than Doc Rivers in my opinion um and I I just you know I I they're a big threat they're they're for real this year this could be their year and because you said that, that's why you're the clear MVP, Harrison Fagan. <laughs> uh, Look, I, I'm still picking the Lakers if they're healthy, but you know, I, I just I'm not sure that that is going to happen. And the Clippers are a legit threat. They're they're good. I, I just like it's you know it's it, like look, I've taken as many shots as the, at them on Twitter because you know we all like to get our jokes off and whatever. But like yeah. like earnestly, they are they are a good basketball team and they're a real threat to win the title. I think this year more so than they're being given credit for, especially because I feel like their rise has kind of come as like all these other massive storylines in the NBA have been going on. So it's yeah. like really went under the radar in addition to because of the struggles and, you know, they're, they're going to be a real threat to whoever they face. They're going to be a, uh, you know, a problem or a bucket or, you know, the clear MVP or whatever bit you want to go with. Yeah. That's why I said that they're underrated just because they're not talked about much. <laughs> and, and I wanted to find a place to drop. That's why you're the clear MVP. Cause if you follow Harrison on Twitter, you know that he's saying that's why he's the clear MVP to several different players when there's something said about them. So I had to find a way to drop it in. You gave me the window and I went straight through. So Harrison Fagan, you can see his stuff over at SB Nation. It's the silver screen and roll, correct? 
Did I get yeah, that silver right? Silverscreenandroll.com. That's where, and then just Silverscreenandroll. That's where uh, you know I do my podcasting, and so it's all it's all under that banner. There you go, Harrison Fagan. You can find him on Twitter at h m f a i g e n. That's h m Fagan f a i g e n is on Twitter, and of course read his stuff at Silverscreenandroll. Harrison, this was a blast. Much appreciated, man. No, it was a, it was an honor for me as a, a, a diehard fan of the Deidre Taylor Coaches Show. It was an honor to join you, and uh, you know you are uh, one half of probably my favorite podcast right now. So uh, I was honored to get the invite. And you know, hey, look, if if there's a Lakers Clippers playoff series, you know, maybe we got to do a home and home and you know prepare for this. Uh, you know, like we we can actually talk about where those teams are at and really predict the series. One hundred percent. We'll definitely have you back on if these two teams do meet up. And I appreciate the plug for the Deidre Taylor Coaches Show. That's the other podcast that I do host with Cal State Fullerton men's basketball head coach Deidre Taylor. You can follow me on Twitter at BDMarcus at HoopBallClips is the Twitter handle there. The Clippers coming up for them. We know the Lakers are going to take on Portland. Coming up for the Clippers will be a game on Sunday against the New York Knicks. We'll hopefully have on Justin Wilson on Sunday afternoon if all things go well with personal lives with the baby on my end so we'll see but justin wilson hopefully of la clippers film will be our guest after that next game so a big thank you to harrison fagan i'm brandon marcus we'll talk to you next time this has been the hoopball clippers podcast This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.